Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Lewis here with the Krusty Cast again. Today, I'm joined with Shane Nelson from Adrian College. Shane, do you want to say hi and introduce yourself a little bit? Uh, yeah, I'm Shane Nelson. I'm a sophomore on the Adrian College bass team. I'm a marketing major. Um, just a little bit about myself. Uh, I've been fishing for Adrian for two years. Last year, I was lucky enough to qualify for the Bassmaster National Championship and uh, got to go fish that at Lake Chickamauga, so that was pretty cool. And also fish a number of other tournaments with the team. And hopefully, had a pretty good year last year, hoping to uh, repeat that. And we're trying to make a little run at school of the year, so hopefully can help out with that a bit too. So, Shane, I know you just came back from a couple tournaments. Um, we want to go ahead and give us a little background about those. Like, well, what two tournaments did you just come back from? Or was it one? It was uh, one tournament. Um, I didn't do very good, but we had some great guys that uh, did good in that. And that was at Lewis Smith in Lake in Alabama. Uh, so then after that, I actually drove back up to Michigan and turned right back around and drove back to the same area of Alabama for the Bassmaster Classic because two of the guys on our team, Tyler Van Brandt and uh, Grant Gallagher, they got eighth in that Lewis Smith Bassmaster event and actually qualified them for the uh, not only the Bassmaster National Championship, but also the College Classic. So on Championship Sunday of the Bassmaster Classic, they, them and I think it was um, 10 or 11 other teams got to go out and uh, fish Lay Lake and weigh in on the Classic stage. So that was really cool. Got to go down, them, down there and watch them uh, do that. And that was just something awesome to see because, I mean, that's the biggest stage in bass fishing. Yeah, I bet that would be insane to go watch your teammates go and weigh in on the Bassmaster Classic. You know, everybody, it's probably got the highest um, viewer or viewing or attendance, you know, of any fishing tournament, you know, bass related. So seeing your own team go in there and weigh in, which must have been like a, an insanely cool experience. And I can't even imagine actually fishing and like working towards getting on that stage. Um, so it was, it was just one round of fishing for the Bassmaster then? Yeah, yeah. For uh, the college guys, it was just just one day, and um, they actually got third, so they did really good. So that was that was sweet. So Shane, I know being part of Adrian's fishing team, you've also fished a lot of tournaments. Uh, what are some of your most memorable tournaments, or even what about this most recent tournament? Uh, talk about that a little bit. Okay. Um, yeah, probably my most memorable tournament would have been last year at the uh, Saint Lawrence River. Um, that was one of the, probably the craziest college tournaments ever because the first day i think there was 85 20 pound bags of smallmouth weighed in dang that is a big set of bags right there yeah it was insane uh me and my partner i think we ended up weighing 23 two or something like that that first day and it went like 22 something on my scale on the boat and we literally we had that by 8 30 and then decided to go practice the rest of the day thinking we'd be in the top 15 that qualifying cut and we got back and ended up in 34th after day one and then Luckily for us, day two uh, started to rain a little bit, so it made it harder because all the smallmouth there were on beds, which is why the the bags were so big. Um, but it started to rain and made it harder for sight fishing, so we actually had a largemouth spot that we went and hit up and actually weighed in the biggest bag of day two, which was 24-4, I think. And then that moved us up to sixth, and on the final day, we made it up to uh, third place, and that qualified us for the national championship. So that was really sweet, and that's probably like my most memorable one. Um, I know I watched some kids on YouTube, um, you know, college college kids, mm-hmm. fishing the St. Lawrence River, because I know Tyler kept sending me a bunch of Snapchats about it. Like, it was a big thing for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I saw this one kid looking, like, sight fishing, on, like, smallmouth on beds. He had this big old, like, tr- like tube thing he was looking in the water with. What What is that? What is that about? Um, that's a, a flogger. <laughs> yeah, that's what they kept yeah. saying. Yeah, okay, okay. So, basically, it's a giant traffic cone, and it's got uh, two lenses in it. 
and you stick it down in the water so that you can see beds that are deep. So like, like smallmouth beds that are in like 10, 15 feet of water. Cause those are get really hard to see when you got the chop and all that. So, um, usually one partner will look through that flogger and tell the other guy like what the fish is doing and if his bait's in the bed and stuff like that. Kind of sounds like cheating. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't use one, but. Uh, I'll probably end up buying one for this upcoming season. So you think they're actually kind of worth it to buy it? Yeah, yeah, definitely for sure. Um, just it's a lot easier to see those fish, and uh, definitely a big advantage. Um, I, I also saw on YouTube you know, from the you know Adrian guys when I forget what tournament it was at, but when I forget what boat caught their fifth fish of the day, they had some guy jump off one of their boats watching them. Oh yeah, that was a. Uh... That was the national championship last year. Uh, Jared Martin and Nick Marsh finished third in that one. Um, and that that was just an awesome tournament. That was their last college derby ever. And oh, okay. like, so, yeah, it must they, be real nice for them to finish third. Yeah, they finished third in a national championship. And the guy that jumped off the boat was Alex Henderson. He jumped off the uh, the motor in the back. That was pretty funny. <laughs> just but because or was that predetermined? I'm pretty sure it was predetermined. I think it was a, a running deal they had that when they caught their fifth one, he jumped in the water. <laughs> That's nice to see, though. Nice, a yeah. nice support from the boys and everything. Oh, you know, yeah. a stressful tournament or whatever. Yeah. Um, so talk about this this most recent tournament you had. How did mm-hmm. you guys do? end up doing? So we actually did pretty terrible. Uh, <laughs> it was at, at Lewis Smith Lake in Alabama. I heard everybody kind of did a little terrible, though. Yeah, yeah, it was it was tough. The conditions were pretty pretty rough. So it's a spotted bass lake primarily, and uh, it was flooded, really high water, which spotted bass don't like too much. And there was a big warming trend before we got there, and then like most college uh, tournaments, we got slapped in the face with a cold front the first couple or the last couple days of practice, and then during the tournament. Um, but yeah, we were uh, what won it was actually largemouth, and the kids were throwing a red chatterbait in the back of pockets around some bushes. So that was pretty cool. But we ended up fishing for small, or not smallmouth, what am I talking about? Spotted bass in uh, ditches. So basically what we were looking for was just like, uh, some, one of my friends calls it a reverse point just on the map. And just places where old creek channels ran through. And we were looking for them with a live creek in the back. So some fresh water coming in. And uh, we were just dragging drop shots and jigs through those those channels, and we caught them pretty good in practice. The old, you know, the usual story of we won you do practice. Do good in practice, yeah. And not uh, not during a- game time. Exactly, we weren't able to make the adjustments on tournament day. Um, but the thing with spotted bass is they really love to nip the back of your bait. So on those drop shots and like shaky heads and stuff we were throwing, they'd grab the back, and you think you have a bite, and go to set the hook, and they just like pull your worm off. But we went through two bags of robo worms and a bag of half shells in one day <laughs> on the first day of the tournament. Um, but, you know, it was definitely a different type of fishing that I'm completely not used to. Like nowhere else have I fished that you go and you look for a, like literally just a ditch. Like there's nothing down there. They just chill in the bottom. They just, of like, they just like laying in that ditch. Yeah, they moved throughout the tournament. You could see them like they'd start out deeper, like somewhere like in the backs of pockets. And then as like it got colder, they, the ones in the backs moved more towards the middle, out towards that deeper, mm. more stable water. And those deep fish kind of stayed out there, but they shut down. Um, well, that was cool. I caught my deepest fish ever, which was 65 feet on the bottom Dang. with a drop shot. That was, that was wild. But yeah, we just never really put it together together. We caught a, my partner caught a four and a half pound largemouth in practice. That's a good fish. Yeah. And Too I guess it wasn't in practice. Enough. Yeah, it was in practice. I wish we would have kind of <laughs> pursued that a little bit more. I don't know. We like had that. Small, w- our largemouth as a whole or yeah, just that fish? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> but it would have been nice to have that fish. Now, um, largemouth as a whole, cause we had one spot 
like we didn't put a whole lot of time into it because we knew we were gonna need a limit of spots probably before we went largemouth fishing. But we had one spot that was all largemouth, and um, we went back there in the tournament, and we actually lost. Or um, my partner hooked up with something big, and I'm gonna assume it was a largemouth probably because unless there was catfish living in the bushes, um, but it popped off, so that didn't really work out. And then we came in and we learned that like the leaders had 19 pounds of all largemouth and they caught him directly next to the ramp like the one back of a creek we didn't check because we're like oh it's by the ramp like we don't need either to, it's overfish yeah or there's gonna be there. yeah there's gonna be so many boats back there and that's where they ended up winning it they caught 19 pounds the first day 18 something the second day like nine pounds the last day and they were already had a 10 pound lead so it didn't matter like nobody expected them to be able to do it for two days straight and after that first day they, they did it they, they did, did. <laughs> they they blew us all out of the water it was awesome honestly um so. so i got i got a question two questions mm-hmm. one how does the um the launching for the start you know start of the game day like how does how do you get your numbers how do you get your order so uh the night before we get a text from bassmaster and they'll send out like confirm your pairing that you're with like the right partner and they'll give you your number and then the next day it inverts they still send you out a text but like say you're one the first day, you'll be like 250 the next day. Dang. How many boats were in that tournament? 250. Well, I think it was 248. Oh I think a couple dropped It out. amazes me that that lake is that big that it can hold 250 boats yeah. like with enough room to fish. Oh, yeah. It it can get crowded sometimes. A lot of the lakes fish pretty small. Like I know like this Smith Lake in particular has three main creek arms, and we launched out of the tip of the furthest right one. So it was a really long run anywhere anywhere else. Um. But that's actually helped Tyler and Grant because they ran really far and got away from the crowds. But that that creek arm we launched out of was really crowded. But the rest of them were pretty much empty. So yeah, it's always nice to be able to fish, you know, away from everybody and not be, you know, clustered. Yeah. Because I know on some of the like, you know, the smaller tournaments that I've fished, I mean, obviously nothing even compared to two hundred close to two hundred fifty yeah. boats, like five hey, percent <laughs> of that maybe. Um, it just, even like the smaller legs, you just, you see some guy like maybe like, you know, 40, 50 yards away from you. Like, come on, man, get out of here. Yeah. And I, we ran into a good bit of that during the tournament too. I, that was another thing that if I could go back and do it again, like hindsight's twenty twenty, but I would have fished some of our stuff that was further away the first day because most of our main stuff got beat up pretty bad. We were, yeah. we were sitting cause we were just sitting in those ditches and we had to drag those drop shots like really slow. So we'd be sitting in one spot for a while, and we'd have like four or five boats try to pull in and fish the exact same spot. I don't know if they were fishing how we were fishing or if they were fishing the same depth we were fishing, but, I mean, it was just kind of kind of crazy to be. Well, hey, man, you you're know. a sophomore, like you said, so you got, you got like two more years at least to oh, fish. Yeah. Now, is it, um, it's, it's NCAA, is it, or is it not? No, it's not. Just so I, you almost have unlimited eligibility. You could be like a six-year senior and still fish. I've definitely fished against some like forty year old guys before, <laughs> for sure. But uh, Bassmaster and I think FLW two only let you have five years of eligibility. But it doesn't matter how old you are as long as you're in college. Yeah, because I mean, heck, uh, Miami University just picked up that like forty year old kicker from Australia. Yeah, for their team, <laughs> and he came and played against Toledo, and I, we were like, that guy's like, like, how does he even have eligibility? But it's just you know, when you start college and when you finish, or when you start uh, playing a sport. In yeah, college, as long so. as you don't play a sport or go to college or whatever you're good there's a lot of guys from the military that'll come back and fish the college series so that's kind of cool it is cool yeah i know yeah. my friend um my friend antonio he's he's in the army came back to toledo and he's mm-hmm. on the toledo team in quotations now so yeah. he's a cool guy though i had him on um real real chill guy so it was, it's always fun 
meeting new people on this podcast and talking to yeah. people. So, and then my second question about all that was spotted bass. Aren't they smaller than largemouth typically? Um, yeah, usually they're a little bit smaller. They're a whole lot meaner and really annoying. They fight harder? <laughs> yeah, they fight a lot harder. Um, but, but fight harder than smallmouth or? I'd say like pound for pound. They probably fight harder than smallmouth. Really? Because like you get into like the four or five cl- pound class smallmouth range and like I don't know if it's they get too big or what. They don't fight nearly as hard as like a two and a half pound smallmouth. Like a two and a half pound smallmouth is pretty mean. Well, because I think about it, if you catch like a you know an eight pound bass or whatever, you see the, how big they are. Like, how mm-hmm. do those things even move fast in the water? They hardly don't. Like the biggest fish I've ever seen caught, like in person, was Jared Layton last year at Chickamauga. He caught a nine pounder on a wacky rig, and it fought less than any of the other fish we caught that day. Like it was in a brush pile and it just kind of like rolled over, and you could see like this this giant shape in the water, and it came right up, and I lipped it. Like it was just like kind of dragging a log through the wood, yeah, uh, a log like, through the water, yeah. And then, but then you see some guys that are like fighting ten pounders, and they're like swimming under the boat and jumping on the other side and stuff. So I don't know if it's just like a time of year thing because that was kind of the dead of summer. Like if that thing was just sluggish. Or, yeah, it could be. Yeah, but like a five pound spotted bass, like I've never caught one. But what I've been told is that like even when you get like the biggest spotted bass I've caught is like three pounds. Uh, like still like fights twice as hard as like a three pound smallmouth even. And but I've heard that like when you get into that four or five pound spotted bass range, they don't get sluggish. Like they're still. Let me see. I wouldn't know. As... I don't catch fish that big. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I guess they're supposed to be just as just as mean. I've never caught one that big. I'm not. I've never. I haven't fished for spotted bass that much. Only a couple of times. But they're crazy mean. Because I know I watch them. Um, I love Jacob Wheeler, so right. I watch all of his stuff on YouTube. And I uh, forget what lake they were at uh, for this, like the first tournament of the year, or whatever that he won. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he kept catching those spotted bass, and they were just small, small, like two pounder, two pounder, two and a half, you know. And then eventually, he just found a pocket of largies and just kept, you know, four or five yeah. pounders. And I was like, "Man, are spotted bass really that small?" Like, <laughs> yeah, they really are. They take a lot longer to grow, I think, or something like that. Um, and a lot of those lakes that are largemouth, largemouth dominant, like Eufaula, I think, was where he won. Mm-hmm. Like largemouth is the predominant species, and those spotted bass just don't get that big. But like a place like Lewis Smith, there's plenty of like four pound spots in there like i think i think it's just because it's like a deeper clearer lake there's not a whole lot of largemouth habitat there's more spotted bass habitat so um they're the more consistent fish and they usually are everywhere because they're more aggressive but largemouth are in general much bigger and one last question that just caught my eye did you is are your coast is like shattered oh yeah they're 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 pretty <laughs> they're pretty destroyed they're uh i was actually wrestling my tournament partner <laughs> you're wrestling your tournament partner yeah i don't know if you know Braden federer but i kind of hit him with my flip-flops one night and he didn't like that and we started wrestling and i saw my coasters fall off and i was like oh good we didn't step on him i sat him on the table and i came back like two hours later and i was like oh we did step on him like they're they're shattered that was like a year ago like no, i still haven't still got them rocking fixed. strong though yeah i mean i could send them back to costa and they'd fix them but the rock just, and strong. No, it's, it's character. It's character. Yeah, exactly. It. It's a conversation starter for sure. Uh, obviously, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you talked about you know how you went. Uh, what was it? Um, oh, what was that lake up in New York that you guys? St. Lawrence, the river. Uh, yeah, St. Lawrence, where you guys yeah. you know thought you had the big bag, and then you would just practice the rest of the day. Yeah. So like going into practicing for a lake, how do you guys usually go about your first day practicing? How do you map out a lake? What do you try to do the first two? You know, the, the practice days, the one or two practice days you have, what are your, what are your goals? So for most of us, practice usually start is going to start like months before the tournament, weeks before the tournament. 
because I mean, being from up north, most of the time we don't get to go to a place like the St. Lawrence where it's like our style of fishing. Like that, that was the deal. Like we had a lot. Of, I think we had second in that tournament. We got third. Like another team got like twenty fifth, and then another team got like thirtieth or something like that. Or no, it was like sixteenth, twenty fifth, thirtieth. It was like crazy. Like we stacked the top of it. But usually when we're going to a place, it's completely foreign. Like I mean. There's not too much ledge fishing up in Michigan. So we're doing a whole lot of internet research, watching old tournaments of, you know, pros on those lakes, just getting a general idea of uh, the, like the techniques that are going to dominate that time of year. And what I'll do is I'll go on, I'll watch all these old Bassmaster and FLW tournaments and I'll see like what they're doing. And then um, a lot of times I'll go on like Bass U or something like that or on YouTube and just research as much as I can about that technique or like those couple techniques. So I, when I go down there, I'm prepared because a lot of times you're not going to be able to, you know, practice that stuff up here too much. It's kind of hard to go, you know, throw a 10 XD on a ledge in Michigan, but you know, as long as you can get the research and feel comfortable that you're doing something that's going to get a bite when you go out there, um, that's really where it starts. And so then going, going with like, you know, weeks before months before practicing, yeah. do you guys have a lake you guys go to like typically to, to fish or like to practice on or is it kind of just dependent on what you guys want to do where you guys want to go um yeah it's it really just depends like a home like like a practice like you guys would i don't know um a lot of the uh irish hills lakes up near adrian uh what we fish a lot um there's only so much stuff you can do out there just try to get confident throwing whatever yeah. you need to throw yeah there's, you definitely can get bites and like as long as you can throw it then you go out there and get a few bites and get confidence in it beforehand St. Clair's another big one because that's only an hour away. I want to go to St. Clair's so Erie bad. too. St. Clair's fun. <laughs> Small off yeah. heaven up there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I love fishing the St. Clair River specifically. That's I think everybody does. It's yeah. it's like a dream dream lake for, you know, musky, largemouth, and smallmouth. Oh, it's so Crop so cool. are insane up there too. It's the perfect the, lake. The largemouth are pretty sneaky too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like a perfect lake. Um, But, yeah, we just... Any of the lakes around, just to go get confidence in a bait, you usually can get bit. Um, and then once once we get down there, well, I guess before we get down there, we're looking at maps too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Navionics app on your phone is a big big player. Like, I mean, you sit in class and just look at spots. Should drop you be paying attention in class? I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every once in a while, we got we got online classes now because of the coronavirus, yeah, so we're good. Um. Yeah, speaking of the coronavirus, how many tournaments that got canceled for you or pushed back? Um, so we got five or six teams down in Kentucky right now, and they were going going down there for two tournaments. Both those got canceled, so they're just in Kentucky fishing now. I guess they're lucky. Yeah, just not yeah, not a worry in the world. Just no. taking the school boats exactly fishing. going fishing on the school's dime. <laughs> um, and then I was supposed to go down to uh, Lake Hartwell next Saturday, and that got postponed. So who knows how long. Hey, not canceled, though, which is a good no. thing. Yeah, fingers crossed we get, get that in because the national championship is supposed to be pretty early this year, so hopefully we can get those the last two Bassmasters in before then and get qualified. Or at least just practice, you know. Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> but going back to the um, Nav, uh, what, Nav Optics, what was that called? Navionics. Navionics, okay. Yeah, um, that's like Lawrence's mapping uh, software, and you can get an app on your phone and see any lake in, the, I think, the world, definitely the country. Um, but so, like, for instance, what I was saying, those ditches at Smith Lake, I knew that that was something that Spotted Bass relate to. So I'm going on there, and you can see, like, the reverse point on the map and the contour lines and just kind of marking those and getting planning out where you're going to do your first day of practice. 
because going out there and just dumping the boat in and just fishing, like, it's going to work sometimes, but more than oftentimes than not, like, if you don't have, like, a little game plan going out there, you're going to waste a lot of time before you get that first clue. Mm-hmm. So just having, like, spots that look good on the map marked so I don't have to waste time looking at the map on the graph until I start to get an idea of where the fish are setting up, where they're relating to, um, that kind of thing is also really nice. So as anybody who is watching that um, is looking on how to practice for a tournament, like you said, do the research way beforehand um, and also have a game plan going right into the lake as in mapping out, the, having maps. Um, do you guys look at like water depth a lot, water clarity? Yep. Um, do you guys watch, like how how far back in the week do you watch the weather, watch the fronts? So I like to not, like I'll purposely just not look at the weather and not have anybody tell me what the weather's going to look like until we get down there okay. because it changes so much. And I like to just kind of like adjust with the fish. But once we get down there, I'll usually look a week before the tournament, see what it was like, see what, uh, if there's a warming trend, a cooling trend, and then really look at the water temperature. And a lot of the lake, bigger lakes down south, at least, um, will have water temperature online. So you can look at water temperature before you get down there too and kind of see if it's warming up or if it's cooling down, what kind of mood those fish are going to be in. Now, do you always start out fishing bank and then moving deeper water or if the conditions are right, do you start out going straight deep? Um, I personally, um, I'm really confident shallow and not super confident out deep. I think that's most people. Yeah, but you pretty common, common thing. Um, so if I feel like I can win shallow and there's a possibility to win shallow, I'm going to fish shallow and I'm going to start there. Um, a place like Smith, we did a mix of both. So, we started uh, just flipping a jig up shallow. We caught some fish, got some confidence, and then we also mixed in some of the deeper stuff, some fishing some of those long sloping points, some of those ditches, stuff like that. Because you know, a place like that, you have to keep the deep bite honest, just because it can be so good. It could be lights out out there. Um, but a place like Lake Chickamauga, I mean, it's known for ledge fishing. Don't you just love lake names like Chickamauga? Yeah. Like, who oh, decided yeah. to come up with that? Name? I don't. No idea. I like the name though. Oh, it's a sweet name. <laughs> But a place like that, I mean, it's known for ledge fishing, but I'm starting shallow. I mean, there's so much grass, so much, so many laydowns, stuff like that for fish to get in that I'm confident at a place, a lake like that sets up like that, that you can win shallow year round. So what are some of the best baits for, um, like talking, talking to like a newbie, a guy that's mm-hmm. really trying to learn a lake, trying to get better at tournament fishing. What are, I would say, four baits that you're, your go-to searching baits, practice baits, that you're trying to find fish? Okay. Um, so in terms of search baits, I'm always going to want to keep it moving. So in practice, I will have a couple, like, finesse baits and jigs and stuff on the deck for when I, like, want to slow down or I see something really good. But four things that are always going to be up there uh, searching around is going to be, first thing is a bladed jig. Um, I love a jackhammer. Uh, like an underspin or a chatterbait? A chatterbait, chatterbait yeah. Okay. yeah. Chatterbait. So I love uh, a jackhammer or a thunder cricket. Um, or Thunder cricket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, striking thunder cricket is pretty sweet early season. Or uh, commando tackle makes a really cool one. Um, it's actually a football head bladed jig. It's pretty sweet. Um, but something that bladed jig is going to be more so for grass. So if I'm fishing a grass flat or something like that, that thing, that's... It comes through grass better than almost any other moving bait. Dude, I Easy love watching out. pike chase chatterbaits through grass. Oh, they go, I love they go watching off. it. I've lost a couple. Uh, jackhammers aren't cheap, and I've definitely lost a few to pike, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> they love those things. 
Pike um, love grass and they love chatterbaits. Yep, that's that's just a a guaranteed thing. Um, so a chatterbait. I'm also gonna throw that around wood and just down the bank and stuff too. Um, and then depending on the depth or the lake, a DT6 or a um a 1.5 square bill, uh, for sure. Any, See, I haven't done much square bill fishing, but I I love square bill fishing. But I'm you know, Mommy River is the best place for me to smallmouth right now. Okay. And you can't really square bill right there. It's more so you tie it on a tube and you're just yeah. flipping it. But man, I wish I could get to a place where I could square bill fish more because I love square bills. Oh yeah, it's a it's a lot of fun. Um, any a lot of places in Ohio are really good for throwing a square bill. So I've I've done it a good bit. It's one of my favorite baits. Um, actually, you were talking about Alum Creek earlier. Yeah, it's a great place to throw a square bill. I'll so keep that in mind. if you get down there, uh, throw that around a little bit. But it's just a really versatile search bait because I mean it'll come through cover. You can snap. You can pull it through grass. Um, you can run it over laydowns and, and the key with that is a directional change. So you always hear people talking about like knocking a crankbait off of cover or like hitting a dock or something. It's not so much, at least I don't think the act of actually running into the cover as it is the change of direction the bait makes. So it's just something different. It's not a consistent motion. So even if I'm like just going down a bank, I'm constantly like snapping my rod every couple of cranks, stuff like that, just making it move different than just changing the action yeah like different how you than, know pop a skirt on a swim jig or whatever exactly yeah some sort of directional change for those fish to really key in on and that's when they'll snap and uh eat it especially if they're following it um but probably my third bait is going to be a top water of some sort either a buzz bait or a frog um if i can get away with covering more water with a buzz bait i'm going to um i usually save that for cloudier days or mornings um stuff like that rain anytime anytime it rains in a northern lake specifically northern grass lake pull out a buzz bait like you'll have fun it's it's insane um but it works down south just as good too um but buzz bait or frog and the frog i throw throw it pretty much year round and in any condition i love throwing a frog i love frogging yeah even malachi malachi loves frogging but dude if i see a patch of lily pads i instantly just grab the frog rod oh, yeah. i throw it i throw a frog under docks i throw a frog when the fish are pushing up to spawn i throw it in lily pads i throw it in scum i throw it over laydowns i throw it in open water you can throw a frog anywhere and it just something about walking a frog mesmerizes a fish and they just they can't stand it um it's like doing a figure eight with a muskie or pike. They exactly. They hate it. Yeah. Eventually they're going to eat it. So I'll do that. A frog a lot of times is like my top water uh, of choice if I'm kind of trying to figure out where the fish are, what they're doing. Um, and then search bait, probably my last one, um, would either be a swim bait or a uh, spinner bait. So, I mean, those are pretty different baits you would think but uh i use them pretty much the same way um just different conditions so a spinner bait i'm gonna throw more so when it's windy um when it's raining when it's cloudy Some why is that um i'm not entirely sure why um it's like that but the fish i think it's more of like the fish can't see it as good they just and hear what, that vibration yeah and whether or not it's the fact that a spinner bait has been thrown for so long or whether they just, when they see it too good, they don't like to eat it. Um, but just when you have one of, some of those like off conditions, some of that rain and that 
that wind, it really just, they'll eat it a lot better. Um, oh, yeah, a spinnerbait's more of a reaction. Thing. Yeah. I mean, if a fish sees a spinnerbait, they're like, what the heck is that, man? Yeah, exactly. if, if, if they get too good of a look at I think that's pretty much the, the deal, is if they get too good of a look at it, they're not going to eat it. So it's also good in, like, current, because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's moving quick, it's moving past fish. Fish and current are always going to be more aggressive because they're used to just having to react to their meal. Yeah. Like, they don't get too many shots at a, at a little bait fish that's swimming through the current. Um, dirty water, spinnerbait's good, too. And then, conversely, the uh, um, the swim bait, I'm going to throw in clear water uh, when there's not a lot of wind, when it's, you know, high skies, just because I think, uh, like, that's more realistic looking, for sure. Like, it looks like a little bait fish. Oh, for sure, yeah. And, you know, if they get a good look at a swim bait or a little kai-tech, like, they're not going to... They're not going to say no. Yeah, exactly. They're going to say no. Yeah. So, again, overall, we got, do your research, couple, you know, couple weeks to a month ahead of time, if you're really uncertain about the lake. Um, check the weather, you know, when you get down there, don't don't really focus on it too much, like you said. If you want to worry yourself, maybe focus on it a little yeah, more. Yeah, you'll get yourself spun out pretty quick if you're worrying about the weather a month in advance. <laughs> and then those searching baits, like you said, bladed bait, chatter bait, um, you know, crank baits are, are mm-hmm. good. Uh, buzz bait, top water, buzz bait or frog, and then spinner bait or swim bait, depending on the conditions. So keep those in mind when you guys are, you know, going to check out a new lake or whatever. Um, I have some people uh, ask, you know, talk about that a little bit. So there you go. Hope that helps. But going on to your boat when you're going to do a tournament, what's on your boat? Um, so uh, to start, I'll probably just start from the front and go backwards. I've got a uh, a Minco to Fortrex trolling motor up front. And I have a 19-foot boat. And most people in, like, that 18 to 19-foot range are going to put on, like, an 80-pound thrust trolling motor. I've got a 101, so it moves pretty quick and it cuts through grass really well. Because like I said earlier, I like to fish shallow. I like to fish grass. I love so, grass. Grass, I feel like, is the best spot to fish. Oh, it's, yeah, hands down, like, the best habitat for a fish to live in. Um, but that cuts through it so much faster, and that's just going to make you more efficient. Any Anything to improve efficiency is going to help you and make you more successful. Um, and then I have two Lowrance HGS-7s. I have a live up front and the Gen 3 at the console. And the one at the console, I mean, it's mapping most of the time, just finding spots. And then uh, if I'm trying to graph a ledge or, like, look for offshore stuff, I've got side scan, down scan, sonar on that. And then same thing up front. And then a big thing, too, is those are linked. So there's a NEMA system and a, um Ethernet cable between the two of them. So that's going to link the mapping and the waypoints between both of them. So if I mark a waypoint on, like, a brush pile when I'm idling around, I can run up to the front, put down the trolling motor, and see that waypoint on the front graph, as well as, like, how it relates to the map. So that's nice. Um, that sounds really nice. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing, it's just improving efficiency. Yeah. Like, if you can make more casts than somebody else, then odds are you're catching more catching fish more than fish. Else. Exactly. Well, like they say about musket, every 10,000 casts, you catch a musket. So let's exactly. get those 10,000 casts in. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's the same thing with bass, just... Hopefully you're catching more than one every ten thousand yeah, casts. Yeah, Otherwise, that'd be a little good. Might, it might be might rough want to for switch you. Up, switch <laughs> yeah. up your hobbies a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then I've got my rod locker up front. Keep all my rods in there, and then my other rod locker is just full of safety equipment, life jackets, fire extinguisher, life jackets. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, uh, just to make sure I don't get a ticket if I get pulled over. So that's always good. And then I got my soft plastics in one of my front compartments and then all my hard baits. And I'm always rotating those. So based on the tournament, 
I'll have different a different like array of soft plastics and different boxes of heart baits and stuff and in there like at Lewis Smith it was forty some degree water. Um I didn't exactly have a frog box in in the boat. So I'm always switching stuff out there and those are all labeled again for efficiency. You know, I can see them really quick, pull them out. Do you love like organizing tackle? Oh my god. Dude, so it's much like fun. that is that is a bass <laughs> fisherman's like favorite hobby. Like they'll always make an excuse to organize tackle. Yeah. I I mean I love it. Mm-hmm. And so like hearing hearing that you love it, my friend oh, Kyle loves it. It's, it's so much fun. It's I'm, a common thing. I always tell my mom, my mom's like, Well, you know, if fishing doesn't work out, what are you gonna do? I'm like, I'll just sit in a tackle store and just like stock shelves all day. I don't even care. Like as long as I get to touch the tackle, like <laughs> it'll be fine. <laughs> hey, great background plan. Yeah, have one. Exactly. There we go. Um yeah. It's organizing tackle is Second to actually catching a bass, pretty pretty much the best thing. <laughs> because you get to think about, oh, dude, I'm yeah, going to throw this right yeah. there. Oh, reel that thing in. Mm-hmm. I always <laughs> end up modifying a bait, like doing something. I'll start like messing with my frogs. I don't know. It's just so much fun. Especially in, up in Michigan and in the north Ohio, all mm-hmm. up here. Uh, I mean, when it's winter, you can't really and except for do ice it. fishing. Yeah, and which, I mean, yeah. Ice fishing kind of sucks. <laughs> it's not my favorite. I mean, Malachi took, my friend Malachi took me out a couple of times, and I I enjoyed it. You know, with with friends, you know. Yeah. Kind of, you're not going super hard, but dude, I I I love two things, three things I look forward to every spring: walleye run, white bass run, and then spring bass fishing. Oh yeah. Well, have you ever fished the white bass run? No, oh, I, dude. I, I just. Like nothing, I need to fish more different species. I get really consumed with the whole bass thing. Nothing, nothing <laughs> are, are huge, you know, with white bass. But it's literally every cast you're catching like a, a two to three pound white bass. Oh, I bet it is the most fun <laughs> I I have every year. Walleye run, I I catch to get you know meat. Yeah, I love walleye, but the white bass run, those fish taste disgusting in the river. Mm-hmm. Some people stock their fridges with it, which more power to them. Yeah. I'll let them go for you to catch. Yeah, but I hate those fish. But dude, every cast you're catching one. That's yeah, got to be so much fun. Oh, dude, it is. Every year it's best. At a local tackle shop, Mummy Tackle, they're having a bounty hunt for a state record white bass. It's the, the state record is like 4.1 pounds. It's pretty I'm, big. <laughs> in my like four years, I've caught definitely some that are four pounds or over 4.1. So like, okay. I mean, I, you don't think about yeah, I guess, fish yeah, catching white bass. one every cast, you know? Yeah. So this year I'm, I've got two scales in my kayak, so I'm going to try to go out and get that yeah. record. Heck yeah. That'd be, that'd be sweet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, white bass are fun for sure. I've never like targeted them like that. But... Oh no, Lake Fork guy, yeah, LFG, so he fun. loves oh, white yeah. bass. Like he loves it. You know, I'm like, I'm like, maybe they're different down there. I don't but know. up here, they don't taste good. <laughs> up here, well, if you put them on ice right away, or if you get them from colder water, like in a okay. lake, because since they're coming up the river to spawn, maybe that's why. Um, yeah, maybe. But colder lakes or colder water, they they they're a lot better. But from in the river, it might be because they're spawning. I know, I know we caught yeah. a a pike last year. And it died, and we were going to eat it. And, like, it had, like, eggs in it. And the meat was, like, yellow. And, like, we 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 actually flayed it in the basement of the dorm, which we did a lot of that last year. <laughs> Dude, I always see on your story just filleting fish oh, in the yeah. basement. I, I've cleaned squirrels in the basement. We've cleaned geese, ducks, all sorts of fish. Like, I mean, we've filleted, like, 100 bluegill at a time. And the, the jander will come down and just be like, you're going to clean that up? And we're like, yeah. And then she'll sit there and talk to us. She'll be like, oh, yeah, like, me and my husband went out fishing the other day. And we're like. Heck yeah. Like, everybody understands the bass team at Adrian. Well, dude, so. I was supposed to go to Lake Superior State University, mm-hmm. and they have a game cleaning room. Well, that's awesome. We need one of those. It's literally everything ceramic flooring, like tile flooring and everything, stainless mm-hmm. steel, cutting boards that really wash up real quick, like hanging freezers to put your stuff in. What? 
Yeah, I was gonna go there <laughs> to sweet. You know, try out and play you know hockey for him, and then I shattered my knee my senior year. So Ooh, I'm like, yeah, I'll yeah, change change that up. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, that's awesome. I always love just watching your snap stories of just fillet of fish in the basement. Dermot. Oh yeah, Man, I should went to Adrian. <laughs> I'll say it once. Say it again. Yeah, it's a lot of fun for sure. Um, only time anybody has ever got I think yelled at for it is uh, some of the upperclassmen skinned a coyote in the basement of one of the dorms the year before I was there. Um, and the janitor walked in on him like mid skinning the coyote and was just like, yeah, y'all can't do that in here. Like <laughs> that's a bit big. <laughs> so the next day, um, they were sitting, they like went duck hunting or something. And so since they got yelled at, they sat in front, like next to the road in front of the dumpster, cleaning ducks and geese and stuff. Cause there was nowhere else for them to go. So <laughs> like ducks are a lot more clean than, than a coyote. coyote. Yeah, that's fair. Um, why, why were they skinning a coyote? <laughs> <laughs> or kind so, of like on the mom or whatever um the coyote skin actually ended up propped up on a bunch of like sticks or i don't even know if it was the skin i was this was the year before i got there like we were on i think my roommate griffin was on a visit when this was happening it was either the skin or the skin coyote ended up in the back of one of the freshmen's brand new pickup trucks so i think that was the goal i mean it was coyote season and everything though. it was perfectly legal but like well i think there is no close season no, it's all yeah. it's open season, yeah, yeah so they were fine on that, but like, yeah, that's. I think that was the goal. There was just to freak out one of the new freshmen. <laughs> <laughs> that would definitely freak me out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, if you walk, especially if it's skinned, you don't know what it is. Uh, and coyotes look a whole anything, lot like a was, dog. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> yeah. think if anything was skinned in the back of my truck, I'd be like, "What the?" <laughs> yeah, I'd be a little screeped out. I mean, but coyote fur, man. What do you guys do with the pelt? Those are nice pelts. They're nice. I don't know what they did with it. Like a little blanket. Probably. Good luck for one of the pelts. Pass it down year to year. Yeah. Lucky coyote pelt. There's actually a coyote pelt hanging at the 753, the bass house right now. Oh, is it really? Oh, yeah. I always grab it, put it around my neck. It's pretty comfy. I had to to mow that grass. Uh, Tyler, if you're listening, I still remember mowing your grass. Highlight of my summer. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, Shane, I know you have um, a little kind of like blogish going on on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Why don't you talk about that for a second? What's that all about? Yeah. So that, um, I actually started as an assignment for uh, my social media marketing class a semester. Um, and I haven't been keeping up with it that much this semester because I've been super busy with tournaments and everything. I'll probably end up doing it again because I had a lot of positive feedback. But um, I, like, I liked reading it. Thank you. Um, yeah, basically it was just like every week I kind of went in depth on a technique I enjoyed doing, uh, rod, reel, line size, when I do it, where I throw it, what modifications I make to the bait. And it was really just kind of like a detailed uh, dive into each technique and I, I enjoyed writing it and I think it it even helped me just like like to remember things that I do to or I did debates like in the past that like really helped and like go back out and try doing that stuff again that's like why I started this podcast I mean I love I just love doing it mm-hmm. I'm not getting paid for it I just love doing it right. um and again like you said it just uh, talking to people especially when I met up with you guys at over at Adrian you guys taught me so much stuff that I didn't even think I needed to think about when fishing and so, again, just talking about it just refreshes your memory, learning little things here and there from people. Everything is knowledge. Knowledge is power. Knowledge means more bass in the boat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, anything you can pick up is awesome, especially at Adrian. Like, that's all we talk about. Like, mm-hmm. the bass team hangs out together, and when we're hanging out, we're talking about fishing. So, Do you guys watch f- film together? Or oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we watch all sorts of stuff. All old Bassmaster tournaments, um, our new assistant coach who used to be on the team and used to be captain of the team caleb taylor he started doing some video production stuff for uh our tournaments so actually i think there should be a video of tyler and grant 
at Smith Lake coming out soon. So that that'll be really sweet. They were fishing some awesome looking water and there's some sweet drone shots and stuff. Was, oh, that's cool. Yeah. So that should be a really cool video. So go check that out on the AC Bass team YouTube. Actually, whenever that comes out, that'll be a good watch for sure. Is there anything you want to plug your Instagram, Facebook or whatever your plug or your your blog? Uh yeah, uh Instagram is just Shane Nelson Fishing. Um that's I'm most active there. I uh I'll post a little recap of every tournament usually. If I go out, I'll post stuff. Um a lot of times I try to, you know, sneak little tips or tidbits about what I was what I was doing for the day uh in there too. Um so go check that out. Um I really try to do a good job there. And then Facebook too is just Shane Nelson on Facebook. And like uh, you were saying there's I've got a couple blog posts on there, um, and I also will post about every tournament on there too. And uh, I'll always be reposting stuff from the uh, Adrian College Bass Team. They have also got an Instagram, a Facebook, a YouTube, just at AC Bass Team. Maybe if you do good next tournament, you'll be posted on there. Yeah, maybe maybe I'll make <laughs> it back on there. Uh, <laughs> you'll have to step it up a little bit after the dismal you'll see performance. Why they call them sunshine when they uh, oh, yeah. when he gets posted on there. <laughs> Yeah, after that, after that little dismal performance at Smith Lake, hopefully I can uh, get back on, back on the page there. But um, if Hartwell ever gets rescheduled, maybe I will. We'll find uh, out soon enough. I'm the guessing. whole Corona madness going on right now. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Especially <laughs> fishing, man. Like, yeah, like fishing. You would think like we're on a boat alone all day. That's actually probably the safest place to be. <laughs> we're in the middle of a lake. Like I don't think we'd catch yeah, it out you there. You can't argue with that logic. You yeah. can't. Hey. Have the have the pre meetings on paper, you know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes, they already sent us boat numbers out by text. Like, send the whole meeting so, out by text. Yeah, exactly. We'll be fine. We all know what we're doing. Hopefully, maybe. Yeah, you're, you're there on a tournament. You should know. Yeah, what you're doing I a mean, bit. we can drive in a circle and launch when we're told to. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, anything else you want to talk about? Anything else you want to plug or whatever? Um, I'm pretty good for for the day. Like. Pretty much just check me out on Instagram. That's where I'll promote most of uh, the stuff I use, stuff like that. Um, Perfect. Well, thanks again, Shane, for coming on. Uh, I appreciate you taking the drive out here. And thanks for everybody listening. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode and come back for more. Have a good day, guys.